Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine. We invite you to join us as we take a deeper look into the stories and ministries highlighted in Christian Living Magazine. Welcome to Christian Living Spotlight. I'm Sandy Jones, the host of this show and publisher of Christian Living Magazine, a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. This show has been made possible by a generous grant that we receive so that we could come to you each week and take a deeper dive into the stories and ministries you'll find in Christian Living Magazine. I am so excited today to have my friend Jim Bocher, the Area Director of Man in the Mirror Ministries for the Treasure Valley. We covered Jim's story and his mission with Man in the Mirror back in our November-December 2018 edition. For those of you who don't know, Man in the Mirror is an international men's discipleship ministry founded in 1986, so 35 years ago, by Patrick Morley, the author of the best-selling book, Man in the Mirror. The group's mission statement reads, We help create an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit inspires men to engage in life-on-life discipleship in accordance with Matthew 28, 19, 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Jim, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's good to see you again. It's it's so funny because you and I cross paths everywhere. And I'm like, oh, there's Jim. (laughs) Oh, you know Jim? Yes, I know Jim. I've known Jim for a while. So that's cool. I love it. But Jim, you know, you shared a bit of your testimony clear back in 2018 with our readers, Mm -hmm. but it's so poignant to how you got involved in Man in the Mirror. So do you mind sharing your testimony with, with yeah, our reader, with our to. listeners, with our readers? Well, yeah. <laughs> listeners, readers, I hope you're all doing both. So anyway, yeah. Well, you know, the word tells us that, that God causes all things to happen, you know, to work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And, and uh, my background is probably anything uh, other than functional or Christian, because uh, I, was, I was raised in a that was devastated by alcoholism. Both my parents were alcoholics. They were good people, but they were just uh, unable to, to deal effectively with, with that in raising both my sister and myself. But uh, So it was pretty much chaos, and uh, I'll try to encapsulate this a little bit. I didn't, ha- I didn't have any male role models to follow, and I lived in a, a very, well, I guess you could say it was a, well, it was the projects, and all the men pretty much were either involved in drugs or crime, and, and um, most of my friends ended up in prison or dead. And so anyway, the Lord had his hand on me and my sister even at an early age, and uh, some godly neighbors of ours invited us to go to a vacation Bible school. And we thought it was great because we'd get to do crafts and run around and act like kids. And But during that time, we were, we were given uh, just a clear presentation of the gospel. And uh, I really commend anybody that's involved in vacation Bible schools or children's ministry because sometimes we think that the, those little kids, and I was only about 10 at the time, uh, that they won't get it if we give them a clear presentation. Well, I did, and the pastor did a very good job, and I received Christ uh, at that age. But the problem was is at that point, I was put right back into the environment that I'd come out of or, or was presently in, and, and I still didn't have any male role models that were, were believers, you know, godly men that would be able to put their arm around me and say, hey, kid, this is what it's all about as far as being a, a man of God, a godly man. And so I spent the next 10 years uh, right back into the same environment, but 
there was something changed in me, and that was the Holy Spirit took up yeah. residence within me. And so I went, uh, I went through school, uh, and then I got into, I, w- I went into the uh, military. I was a Marine, and um, during that time, I God kept putting me in in the path of other believers, and it was it's just been very interesting. But still, I hadn't grown. As a as as a young man, as a, as a as a kid, or as a young man, an adolescent, all that time, and so what happened is that um, my best friend, out of high school, he invited me after he got married. He said, "Why don't you come to church with us?" And I went, "Oh, okay, I'll come to church." And once again, I was introduced to Jesus and the biblical Jesus, and I I recommitted my life. I realized what I had done at a ten at, at ten years of age, and from that point on, on I was I was. Um, uh, I was I began growing in the Lord, but still there was nothing for young men or even older men. I have to admit, to effectively show them what it is to be a follower of Christ and to help them understand what it means to be a husband. First of all, a, a godly man, a husband, a father, a, a good employee in in light of being a Christian. So. Over the years, I've had an off, on again, off again, up and down uh, relationship as far as my discipleship, my growth. So um, fast forward a little bit more, I became a policeman, and for over 20 years, I was putting people in, in the back of my car for a variety of crimes. And God would just, all of us, every so often, I'd look at these people and I'd, I'd think, what would happen if somebody had pre- presented them with the gospel and, they, and brought them to Christ and showed them what it was like to be a true disciple and nurture them along the way. What life choices would they have changed? Exactly. And they wouldn't be in handcuffs in the back of my car going to jail with their life going right down the tubes. And so I've always been involved in, in ministry to men throughout my entire Christian walk. I've always been drawn to it. I've been doing it for well over 30 years. But I I just had to find something that was more effective as far because I struggled with that and there's a lot of men's leaders and pastors that go men's ministry ministry to men is really a, a different breed of cat and mm-hmm. and finally I came across the book No Man Left Behind that was written by Pat Morley and David Delk and and Brett Clemmer they're all part of our headquarters team and in that it shows a, a template, a blueprint on how to build a successful ministry to men in your church. And, and I'm not excluding women, but we primarily deal with men because, like I just told you before we, we started, our ministry was birthed through the, the effective, fervent prayers of women for years and years and years as they were on their knees saying, God, please do something with my husband or my son or whatever. Please help them. And so we're quick to always remind women that women are the reason why we're here. And for far too long, women in the church have been, have been, uh, they've been given so much to do that really should be in the, on the plate of the men of the church. And so what we try to do is, is uh, we try to mitigate that through effective discipleship processes. I love that. I, I, sorry, I, our listeners probably heard me chuckle. <laughs> Women are social butterflies. Yes. You know, it's I, my own story, and, and it, this isn't about me, but I so totally get it. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, I accepted Christ at VBS when I was seven. I was a little younger. Mm. Um, I, I say VBS. I can still taste cherry Kool-Aid. <laughs> um, and, and it's fond, fond memories. Yes. I, I love VBS and VBS programs. But when my husband and I went back to church, mm-hmm. 
25 years ago, I said to him, if we do this, it's going to be like college. Mm -hmm. It's going to be a laser-like focus. And if I go and I become Sandy and I make a whole lot of friends to begin with, I'll lose my focus. So the first three years we were back in church, we wouldn't have lunch with people. We wouldn't have dinner with people. Could not become a social thing. So women just were such social beings. And it was, and today we have lots of friends and we do lots of social things, but I wanted to catch up. So I get that. But you're right. We women, Mm -hmm. we're we're drawn to each other and community like a moth to a flame. And men isolate, especially when they're in crisis. Yeah. Because they don't, they really feel vulnerable being open and honest with other men. But it's changing dramatically since I was a young man. Now I'm seeing where men are really, really hungry to find authentic um, relationship with God first and Jesus yeah. Christ and then with other men so that they can really dive down and drill down, as they say nowadays, into what, how can they, how can they overcome the obstacles that they're facing. And, and I, you know, it could be any number of things. But that's, that's oh, but I just wanted to say that that the reason why I ended up with Man in the Mirror is because my wife bought me the book No Man Left Behind for Christmas one year, and I, as soon as I opened that book, I said, "They're speaking my language." I see what you know. This is exactly the frustrations I feel because I'm I'm not doing ministry to men correctly. I need I need answers. So. And that, did you not feel alone all of a sudden anymore? Yes. Oh my gosh, some it's not just me. Yeah. Somebody else sees this need. Right. Yeah. And and pastors, you know, and I understand pastors have a huge they have really big plates and it's overflowing because they have to deal with all the things in the church. And so what we try to do in Man in the Mirror is that what we try to do is that and the reason why I was called into this is that I suddenly realized that I could help my pastor by being a men's discipleship leader and then forming a leadership team overseen by the pastor and the elders of the church because it's important. A lot of times people look at our ministry and ministries like ours as being the, quote, parachurch ministries. And in fact, it is. But as I understand that word para, it means coming alongside. So what we do is we go to pastors to serve them and their leadership, and we we ask them, what is God doing in your church and with your men, and how can we help? So that way, we, we never work outside the church. We always work within the church. If I have a man that comes up to me and says, hey, I really don't like what's happening with the men in my church, and yada, yada, I go, well, have you talked to your pastor? Yeah. Have you talked to your elders? He goes, well, I don't know. I said, well, let's make an appointment, and you and I can sit down and talk to them. But we never work outside the church. We always work within. I, I love that. And, and one of the examples you used before we went on air was parachute. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's catching. And, you know, something, and, and again, you and I cross paths frequently, and often it's with pastors of smaller churches, mm-hmm. pastors that are wearing all the hats. Yes. And um, I have you, and then I have another friend who does ladies' ministry, and mm-hmm. she helps get the ladies' mm-hmm. ministries for these small churches mm-hmm. that don't have a, a ladies pastor. Um, but you come alongside and you help them identify leaders yes. to start their men's ministry mm-hmm. in their church, not to come in and be their men's ministry exactly. and not to put another hat on that pastor, mm-hmm. but to help them identify the natural leaders and they're, and they're there. Yeah. They're there. And sometimes they're the most reluctant ones because right. maybe in the external world, They've been chided because they're too strong a personality. Yes. yes. But we have to have those natural. We want leaders. to cultivate those. Yeah. And and you know the the word tells us that pastors are to equip 
the saints for the work of the ministry. And, and I know that that's dear to every pastor's heart. And what we try to do is say, well, what we'll do is we'll, we want to work with you and see what your vision is for the men of your church. And if we can do anything to help you, then that's where we come in. And I'm a men's, I guess you could say I'm a men's ministry consultant. Yeah. And by the way, I don't charge for, for any of my services. I raise my own support. I, I call myself a domestic missionary. Yes. Because that way, a pastor doesn't have to worry about, what's this guy trying to sell me? Yeah. And I, or what's I'll, it going to cost? Because our budget's already maxed. Exactly. And so so my support team, people who, who, who support me financially and prayerfully, they're the ones that take that out of the mix. And so... It, we do in our ministry, we have resources, but those are there if, if they're needed. It's like a toolbox. Yeah. But my, my training and my focus is to just to be a consultant, find out where that pastor and the leaders of that church are going with the men of their church, and then say, and if they, they're asking me questions about how can we do this more effectively, and this has been happening in the Treasure Valley a lot here lately with me and my ministry. It's opening up tremendously. I've worked with a, a number of churches around here, and what's so encouraging is just to see the pastors go with a big smile on their face, going, "It does work." Yeah. And I didn't know I didn't know Frank over here was a was a coincidentally I just dealt with a men's discipleship leader named Frank, <laughs> but um, Frank has been he, you know he's been gifted he's been given a passion for this and now okay now we can utilize him yeah. in establishing a, a much more viable process. To reach all the men of their church, not just the young ones, not just the old ones, not just the guys in the, you know in their middle age and the young you know young fathers, but all the men of their church. We call it our all-inclusive uh, ministry style or model where we can reach everyone in the church. Yeah, I I can't speak for you. Maybe you can feed into this a little bit. But one of the one of the struggles some of the pastors I have mm-hmm. I have met with and talked with is getting. Mm-hmm parishioners to transition from being merely students to that discipleship point. Yes. And I had and I had a pastor of a big church one time tell me, if you've heard the gospel, you are now a disciple. Yes. Go go sow that seed. Yeah. And and you know, this empowers them because often people don't feel empowered. Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know enough. Oh, I don't right. know. This gives them a roadmap. Yeah. And that's where I was. I I thought when God started calling me into this ministry, it was it was awesome to see it happen. But I kept thinking, me and like we said earlier, what does God do? He equips the called. Absolutely, He doesn't call the equipped. Living, walking, talking proof sitting exactly, right here in this right chair here, in this room. <laughs> and so, so um, yeah, I just uh, I, I get so excited about this because the fact that I'm seeing it. I'm seeing what happens is when men are brought into closer relationship to Jesus and each other, the Lord taps him on the shoulder and says, hey, Bill, this is what I've created you for. And it might be a, a, a any number of ministries, but what's exciting is that as they become more mature disciples, then the Lord is able to communicate to them, I've made you for this. Your passion is this. This is what really wakes you up in the morning because you want to see, you want to serve God in this area. Yeah. And and the closer you get to the Lord and each other, it works, it works, it works. That's all I can say. I love it. So is man in the mirror denominational? Uh, I like to call it interdenominational, not non-denominational, because denominations exist for a reason. And I don't think that it's a bad thing. So we're interdenominational. That's what I use. And be, the reason for that is, is because 
each church has a mantle over it that the Lord has placed. Yes. And so what we try to do is we work with them and, and we, you know, we encourage pastors, stay in your own lane. If God's told you to do this with your men and, and your church, stay in that lane. I'm not trying to tell you anything that the Holy Spirit is, is trying to tell you. I mean, that's the Holy Spirit's job. Yeah. I'm just here to help. Yeah, that's so cool. That's so cool. You, one of the groups that you and I both belong to is a, is a group of pastors, and it's all denominations. Yes. And, and and I mean, all denominations. Mm-hmm. We have Sabbath keepers and Sunday worshipers, and it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. We have mm-hmm. young young pastors and old pastors. And mm-hmm. sorry, guys, those of you who are listening, I didn't mean to call you old. We're seasoned. We're seasoned. There you go. <laughs> um, so you guys have a, a training coming up. It's mm-hmm. called the No Man Left Behind training event. It's coming up on March 27th. What can you tell me about this event? It, it essentially does what we're, we've been talking about in the last few minutes, is that what we do is we, if you have a pastor that has a passion for this, for seeing his men really effectively discipled, and he has a couple guys that he's seeing to take a leadership role, what we encourage them to do is take part in this. It is a one-day event. It's on the 27th, and it's done virtually uh, especially now because of all we've been through with the pandemic. Yep. And uh, normally what we do is we have a host church and then we bring all the pastors and their leadership teams to a host church. But because of we're in the situation we are now, we've literally gone one step more virtual and we have a Zoom call that's, that's simulcast, simulcast from our headquarters in, in Orlando. And then uh, pastors and their leaders can meet at a house, their church, individually, and it's a one-day event. And what we promise is that you're not just going to sit there and listen to somebody lecture you. You're going to work. You're going to you're going to get pen on paper, and you're going to develop an effective strategy to reach your men and disciple them. And so, what we're what we're doing is that on the 27th. We'll have churches all across the United States and all the area directors, and I'm only one of about 90 of them or more now. It's, it, it fluctuates because we've been adding uh, uh, area directors. But anyway, we'll have our staff on hand to uh, enter into breakout sessions in, in separate rooms on the Zoom call yep. and uh, answer any questions. But they come away with something on paper. And then after that one-day event, I come in as an area director so they can call me up and say, Jim, there's, we want to develop this, or we see this as a, a need you know, in our church. How do we do that? So I'll meet with them. I do the follow-up. I'm not going anywhere until the Lord calls me home. This is my home right here in the Treasure Valley. Yes. So, so that's how it works. And that's a very simplistic way of, of putting it. But, but they'll, be, they'll be pleasantly surprised at how we've developed this. And, it, and it's one size fits all. doesn't matter if you have a big church, small church, and an intermediate-sized church. It, it fits this model that we have we have um, perfected over thirty plus years works. I have to say, I have to interject here. So, for those of our listeners who have not attended any Zoom meetings that have breakout mm-hmm. rooms, my husband and I attend a Bible study on Thursday nights, mm-hmm. and there's a segment of that group that meets personally, but there's a segment of us that have high risk people in our families, yes. and we meet in a Zoom. Mm-hmm. We zoom in to the main group, and then we break out into sometimes it's two groups, sometimes it's three groups. But those breakout rooms are very effective. Don't let that diminish your desire. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, I just don't know if that's going to be effective. Trust me, from my own personal experience, those breakout rooms are so effective. So everybody's qualified. Right. 
So how do they get involved and how much does it cost? Because everybody wants to know how right. much does how much we, does training like this cost? We have we have brought it down to twenty dollars a person, a man and the pastors, whoever attends these things. It's twenty dollars per person. After the twelfth of this month, it goes all the way up to twenty-five dollars a person. So we've managed to keep the cost really, really low, which we always strive to do. And if they need to find out more information about this, they need to go to no man left behind dot org no man left behind dot org and or contact me and my last name's kind of weird and i'll spell it for you it's b as in boy o e t as in tom j as in john e r and my phone number i'll go so far as to give you my phone number you can just call me with any questions it's 530-941-4102 5314102 and I can answer any questions and I'll be glad to send you a flyer that gives you all the information as well but you can find everything you need to know on at that uh, website and uh, so yeah I'd be happy I'll, I'll be really excited to hear from any pastor or any leader that has an interest in this and uh, yeah it will make it work it's oh, going to be fun that's cool how do our listeners find more information about man in the mirror go to man in the mirror.org and if you want to find out more about me, just use that, org slash, and then my name. And I just spelled it for you. So <laughs> it's B-O-E-T-J-E-R. But <laughs> don't try to pronounce it from that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> it's, it's taken me years to be able to say <laughs> voucher. Yeah and, yeah. and I still question myself every time it comes yeah, out of my right. lips. <laughs> so we have just a little bit of time remaining here this morning. When you were in the magazine in 2018, mm-hmm. you and your wife, Pamela, had mm-hmm. just had been here less than a year. Mm-hmm. So what have you seen change over the course? I mean, COVID was standing. Yeah. What, are, what have you seen change here? The explosion of hunger for churches to get on board with discipling their men. And um, I've seen uh, just the, um, th- that change. And, you know, it's the pandemic. Everybody th- was knocked off their feet. But God never allows a crisis to go to waste. Amen. And this is bringing men to a point where they go, I need as much help as I can get because I've got my wife, my kids, my family, my work. How do I correlate that? And that book that I just handed you, The End in the you. Mirror, it, it, it solves the 24 problems that men face. And I'd read through that book and it hits, hits me dead on. I mean, no, no equivocation. Those are areas that I need to work on and help get help with. But that's what we're all about. I love that. Yeah. I love that. We're so glad you came. Oh, and, I'm so and thank glad you for joining me today. Yes. Yeah. So um, I remember the first time you and I met, it was, it was like, oh, what a cool concept. So <laughs> that was cool. So folks, that brings our time to an end this week. If you missed Jim's story or would like to go back and read it again, you can do so by going to our website, christianlivingmag.com. And under the past issues tab, look for November, December, 2018. Thank you again, Jim, for You're joining welcome. me. Thank you. Folks, we invite you back next week when we have another special guest. I know I say this every week, but it's true. We have another special guest coming in next week, someone who will encourage you with hope and inspiration. Until next time, God bless. This has been Christian Living Spotlight, an extension of Christian Living Magazine, where it's our desire to deliver faith, hope, encouragement, and perhaps a new perspective about God's love to our listeners and readers as we showcase the hands and feet of Christ at work in our community and beyond. For more information on today's program, the magazine itself, or to subscribe, go to www.christianlivingmag.com. 
or search Christian Living Magazine on Facebook for an uplifting start to each day. Christian Living Magazine is free to pick up in over 600 locations throughout the Treasure and Magic Valleys and in Central Idaho through McCall. Our mailing address is Christian Living Magazine, P.O. Box 867, Meridian, Idaho, 83680. Or you can email us at christianlivingmag at gmail.com. Thank you for listening, and we invite you to join us again next week.